You are listening to American Friends of Israel podcast, a rare opportunity to explore the views of world leaders connected to Israel who come from a variety of fields and explore their thought patterns and perspectives on what lies ahead. And now, welcome your host, Iran Broshi, Chairman of the American Friends of the Open University of Israel. Hi, Iran Broshi is the Chairman of the, the American Friends of the Open University of Israel. Iran, uh, you represent uh, the best kept key secret in the story of Israel because we didn't know about this university. It is the largest university in the country with very impressive numbers. 51,000 students, that is 48.1% of all Israeli students. The OUI students account for 25% of all Israeli computer science students, and it has 70 campuses around Israel, across Israel. Can you tell us more about this open university? Sure. No, thank, thank you, and a pleasure, a pleasure to be with you. Um, it, it is a, maybe I'll, I'll mention three things, three highlights of the Open University um, that, that I think are relevant. One is there's a mission at the Open University around social justice and enabling opportunity for all. So it was established in the mid 1970s by Yigal Alon, at the time education minister, former head of Palmach and later foreign minister, along with the Rothschild Foundation, really to focus on Israel's social and geographic periphery. And at the time, very few students from the periphery of Israel were going to university, let alone graduating from university. And I think uh, Minister Alon had a vision that, uh, that he, he wanted to address that. And so uh, the university was opened um, and it's called the Open University because there are no admission requirements. So you don't need a high school diploma, the Bagrut in, in Israel. You don't need um, any entrance exams in the Psychotechni is uh, typically the SAT equivalent, if you will, in Israel. You don't need that. You simply need a motivation, you need the desire to succeed, um, and, and you need the, uh, the willpower really to, to push yourself forward. Um, and we do a lot, the university does a lot to enable students to study. So it's not what have you done in the past, it's really what do you think you can do in the future. Um, and it enables uh, at a very high academic level students to pursue university studies that otherwise probably would not go to university, many of these students. 80% of our students are first generation in their family to go to university. So it, it really opens the door to, to students who otherwise would not. And this whole academic justice or social justice mission is underscored by the chancellor of the Open University, who is the honorary Dorit Benish, the former, the first woman to be the head of the Supreme Court, the president of the Supreme Court of Israel, has retired. Um, and uh, spends a, a, a significant amount of her time at the Open University as the chancellor. So that's number one. Number two, I would say it's a focus on, on, on innovation in how the educational model uh, is, 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 uh, is, is offered and a very much a digital um, support for that as well. So you, you mentioned 70 campuses. We have 70 physical campuses. Some of them are larger in larger cities in Haifa, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, and so on. But uh, some are very small. Some might be one or you know one building, might be a couple of rooms in a, in an Arab village or in a Haredi community, all the way from the top north of Israel to the bottom south of Israel, um, all across Israel to reach the periphery, if you will. Um, and on top of the physical campuses, we have an online educational platform that we have built over the last uh, fifteen to twenty years. So this is not 
taking a lecture to Zoom. This is a platform that's been built really exactly in order to educate with a very strong kind of analytic platform on top of it. So we know uh, within 10 or 15 hours of a student being online, um, if they're going to succeed or if they're going to struggle. And, if, and based on how often they repeat the same problems, based on how much they come back, based on how much uh, they interact with their professors online or other students, based on how much uh, they use videos versus other methodologies. And so we can customize the, the educational model to what is, is needed to succeed in the, in the open universities. And students like it. It's, uh, you know, there is ratings across all the Israeli universities and colleges each year of student satisfaction. And the open university comes in first place in a variety of key metrics around student happiness, student satisfaction with the educational model, access to uh, teaching staff and support. Um, and I would also say that, um, that, that employers like it. Um, there was recently a survey from the Ministry of Labor of uh, graduates of all Israeli universities five years after graduating. And what are they earning? Tachlis, um, you know, how much, how much money are they making? And in a variety of fields, including computer science and economics and psychology, the Open University was ranked in the top third of the, Israel has nine universities and the Open University was ranked in the top three of income of the graduates five years out. So it's a very, very well-regarded, very well-respected university. And today it has, uh, it attracts, you know, broadly, um, the third thing I would highlight, broadly across Israel society. So, you know, there's still, we have thousands of students from the geographic and economic periphery. It's about a third of our student population. Um, about a third come from various disadvantaged groups. So we have the largest number of uh, ultra-Orthodox Haredi students, over 2,200 uh, men and women, by the way. Um, we have the largest number of Israeli Arab students, over 7,000. The largest number of Druze students, Bedouin students, people with disabilities, um, that's about another third. And then the last third is um, really kind of, I would say the gig economy, you know, young high-tech entrepreneurs after the army, they wanna start their business or start working, but they also wanna get a degree. So they're working while they're getting a degree. We have thousands of those individuals. We also have almost 1500 IDF soldiers, active duty IDF soldiers who are in the army and getting a degree at the same time. And four of the 70 campuses we have are on IDF intelligence bases, including the 8200 cyber unit that, uh, that I'm sure uh, people, people have heard about. And we have over 2000 high school kids. So these are you know, youngsters who are bored with high school. They're still doing high school, but in parallel, they're getting university studies underway as young as 14. Um, so it, it, it has become the largest university to your point. You mentioned 51,000, it's actually 53,000 this year. Wow. Um, it, it grows and 53,000 just in the context of, uh, you know, I live in the US, in the context of a US university, that would be the equivalent of about a 2 million person university in the US. 53,000 in a small country like Israel, equivalent to 2 million in the US. So it's a huge university, twice as large as any other university in Israel. Um, and probably the best kept secret um, of uh, universities in, in the country. Yes, sure. And uh, what about foreign students? What are the conditions to, to study uh, at the Open University? So it is open by virtue of its name to anyone without any prerequisites. So you can simply register and start taking courses. You can do it from anywhere in the world. 
And uh, the, the, the university is primarily in Hebrew. So I will say if you're fluent in Hebrew, um, you're welcome to study from anywhere in the world. And as we know, you know, Israelis are, are everywhere. Um, and so we have students, you know, the majority in Israel, but we have students in, um, in, in many, many countries across the world. They take their exams at the nearest Israeli embassy or consulate. Um, and so it is a global, you know, open globally, um, but you have to speak Hebrew. Uh, so anybody from uh, Mexico is, is highly welcomed as well uh, to register and, uh, and start pursuing studies at the Open University. If he speaks Hebrew. <laughs> if their Hebrew is, uh, is strong, that, is that's strong. helpful. Now, uh, are, there any, uh, are there any collaborations between, uh, or collaboration plans between OUI and Mexican institutions? So we, we have not yet pursued that, and it's, it's an interesting area. We, we are, uh, you know, we, we have collaborations with a variety of other universities in, uh, in Israel in particular. So, you know, a lot of our, our research labs, for example, um, we are collaborating with uh, research labs at the Hebrew University, at the Technion, at the Weizmann, etc. Um, and uh, we are open to other conversations with other universities and are starting to think about that, but uh, that has not yet happened. And uh, now among your graduates, there is the Uber Israel CEO and the founders of uh, Datorama and Itoro. What are the keys to your university success? You know, I, I would say um, that we are open to everybody. You know, we, we, so we don't create entry barriers. We really try to make it uh, easy to start studying. And not everybody, you know, has grown up in the urban areas of Tel Aviv or Haifa or Jerusalem. There's a very large part of the Israeli population in the periphery um, or people who simply want to have a flexible way to, to, to work as well as study at the same time. And so we offer the ultimate flexibility, the ultimate sort of, I'd say, digital solution, um, the, new, the new economy solution to education, um, much as uh, Uber has disrupted uh, you know, to, to mention one, one name that you mentioned, we, you know, Uber has clearly disrupted the car industry or the taxi industry and Airbnb and so on. You know, we think the, the open university, universities have largely maintained the same model of, you know, you go to a lecture hall and a professor stands in front of you and lectures to you until the pandemia hit where now every university has gone to Zoom. Um, but we have been developing this model of online plus physical campuses for 20 plus years. Um, and we have, uh, and so I, I think the key to success is that you need to be motivated and we push you to be motivated, we help you. Um, but we find that our students, you know, exhibit, because you're learning heavily online, it's not easy. Not everybody can sit in front of a computer and, you know, push themselves or interact with other students and professors online. It takes a certain amount of discipline. It takes a certain amount of motivation. And we see that our students develop, you know, that focus, that discipline, that motivation, but also that perseverance um, to really push themselves. And that's why we have, as you mentioned, you know, 10 to 15 of the last uh, high-tech CEO exits or exits have been CEOs or companies founded or co-founded by Open University of Israel graduates. You will find many Open University of Israel graduates in municipal leaders, in IDF leaders, in the army and business leaders. Um, and also in the Knesset, by the way, 16 of the current members of the Knesset are graduates of the Open University of Israel. Wow, this is an amazing number. Whether that's good or not, I, you know, I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, 
they're, they're there. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, what careers do you teach? So we have um, eight faculties um, and uh, that cover kind of a broad range of, of studies um, from Jewish studies, uh, Judaic studies, um, to education, to the social sciences. Um, but we also heavily, we have a business school, we have an economics uh, faculty, um, and we have a very large um, focus as well on STEM. So science, technology, engineering, and math. So 35 to 40% of our students are studying computer science and math or engineering or natural sciences, um, which of course is, you know, we all know the Israeli startup nation and innovation nation. The demand is incredibly high for students, you know, with that background. And so 35 to 40% of our 53,000 students are studying STEM, which accounts for about a quarter of all STEM students across all Israeli universities. So we are a huge feeder into the Israeli innovation ecosystem um, today and, and going forward. Wow, very impressive. And now uh, uh, in 1976, OUI was established by Yigal Alon. Yigal Alon was a commander of the Palmach and a former minister of education. How does this fact represent the, edu the education vision of Israel? And what are its consequences today? Yeah, no, very, very interesting question. I mean, Igal Alon, of course, after Palmach, education minister, later foreign minister, so a very, you know, one of the, the builders of, uh, of the state of, of, of Israel. And he had a vision, and the vision was that, a, you know, Israel, at the end of the day, does not have many natural resources, a little bit of natural gas now, but at the end of the day, the, the natural resource really is Israel's, you know, human resource, its brain power. And, uh, you know, we, we, Israel lives in a pretty tough neighborhood. I think we would all, we would all agree with that. Um, and, and I think the, the, the vision at the time, and it's probably become even more relevant today, was that we have to educate and provide high skills to all of Israel's population, wherever they are, not just in the major urban areas. Um, and if we, if we don't do that, we're losing a real opportunity to leverage the human talents that, that Israel has. And you know, in the, in the periphery, um, geographic periphery of Israel, Israel is not a huge country, but people don't tend to move to other cities or commute uh, long distances to go to university as they do in, in, in the US, for example. And so bringing education to the periphery geographically um, was, was a critical part of the vision and therefore many campuses so that you don't have to travel, the university travels close to you. Um, but also um, the social periphery of, of Israel. Um, Israel has very high income inequality, as we, as we know. It has, it's a very heterogeneous society. A lot of different groups within Israeli society that are you know, not necessarily part of uh, the, the upward mobility and the innovation Israel economy. Uh, the Haredi, ultra-Orthodox Haredi population, uh, the Arab-Israeli population, um, are, you know, are the largest segments, if you will, that are, you know, not, not as integrated into Israel's society. And so I, I see two, two, two main, um, you know, impacts of that on the future of Israel. If you, if you think about the economic engine of Israel, it very heavily is the innovation engine, is the startup nation engine of that. It's about 20 or 30 percent of the economy, but it's really what has allowed Israel to be a very successful economy over the last you know, number of decades um, and all of the intellectual 
patents and so on that has come out. It's enabled, I think, you know, in many ways, the Abraham Accords, many other things that have made Israel respected and feared in some ways in, in, in the region has been because of the economic engine of Israel. And that economic engine is, is fueled by, by manpower, by, by brain power. Um, there was, as we all know, a very large wave of immigration from uh, the Soviet, former Soviet Union 20, 30 years ago that brought roughly a million new immigrants, many with high skills. And that was you know, hugely valuable to, to the state of Israel in terms of uh, the innovation capability now 20, 30 years later. But that immigration wave is largely over. And we see trickles of immigration from various places, France, maybe a few from Mexico, a few from the US, but uh, Israel's gonna have to grow this talent at home. And we have a problem. And the problem is that about a third of Israel's population the Israeli Arabs, 20%, and the ultra-Orthodox, 13%. Between the two of them, a third of Israel hardly go to university. Very few of, of that third of Israel's population. And the problem is only going to get worse because that third, because of high birth rates, is growing faster than the rest of the population. So if you look 30, 40 years from now, half of Israel's population will be comprised, forget the territories, uh, the occupied territories, but just... Of, of the Arab Israelis and the ultra-Orthodox. And by the way, the under 14-year-olds, so age zero to 14 today, are almost 50% of these 14-year-olds and, and, and younger population today. So if we don't get that population to go to university, to get high skills, particularly in, in high tech, in computer science, in math and engineering, the innovation engine of Israel is going to sputter. And already there are you know, 15,000 jobs that aren't getting filled in the high-tech sector because there aren't enough skilled manpower. And that's what drives the Israeli economy. And without that, Israel has a, a real challenge. Um, and so that's vitally important for the future of, of Israel in terms of that, that economic engine. I'm sure. Uh, now, uh, the fact that uh, the whole uh, education, the whole system is in Hebrew, uh, isn't it a handicap for the Arab Israelis? You're, you're right. You're right. Um, you know, Arab Israelis all do learn Hebrew in school. Um, but of course, their mother tongue is Arabic. And um, but we have we have ways to address that. Um, we have a whole series of uh, people, departments and courses, if you will, to help improve their Hebrew so that they those that are struggling are able to get to a level of Hebrew that allows them to study at the university level. So we have a series of preparatory courses for the Arab Israeli community, and we have attracted the, the largest number of Arab Israelis, uh, around 7,000, are studying at the Open University, and that number continues to grow. We also, by the way, for the ultra-Orthodox, you know, many of whom um, have uh, stopped studying math and science and um, you know, at the eighth grade before they move on to a yeshiva, we have as well a whole series of preparatory courses for them to enable them to be ready for university level study. So, you know, you, you can sign up, but if you're not ready, we have a whole series of, of support mechanisms to ensure that you can get ready um, and to help you. Even the Spanish speaking? <laughs> Good question. I think we are, we, there's an opportunity there that, uh, that we haven't yet realized. What is the social impact of the Open University of Israel? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you asked. I mean, we talked about the economic impact, but the social impact is, is equally, if not perhaps more important. And look, I think 
those of us that, that know Israel know the challenges that it faces from a very diverse, you know, religious and economic and geographic segments, um, highly heterogeneous society, high income inequality, high, relatively high poverty rate among several segments in Israel. And then, of course, we all saw the coexistence challenges that uh, really kind of came to the surface in May, last May, when the conflict with Hamas, uh, you know, raised tensions between the Arab Israeli population, the Jewish population in various cities of Yafo and Lod and Haifa and so on. The Open University, I think, can make a very significant impact um, in the following way. In terms of coexistence, you know, we bring together all segments of Israeli society. Um, you know, the Israeli army brings together, of course, the country in many ways, but Israeli Arabs do not serve typically, and ultra-Orthodox typically do not serve. So you've got about a third of the country that's not represented in the army. Within the Open University, we, we have representation from every segment of Israeli society and a very large representation. So we have, we have scale, we have the breadth, the diversity of backgrounds, much greater than any other institution in Israel. But we also have this, you know, the cognitive mindset. These are young people. They're open, as open-minded, hopefully, as they'll, they'll ever be. Um, there's opportunities when you're studying together, when you're learning together to make uh, connections and uh, create mutual understanding and personal bonds that can, that can last a lifetime. And we've got a variety of coexistence uh, initiatives that, uh, that we've had in place, uh, others we are planning to have in place, um, more so necessary than ever. The other piece of that is, you know, we can have an impact like almost no other part of your life on your upward mobility. Uh, we all know what a good university education can open doors for people and, and it's a pathway to the middle class and, and above. And in Israeli society, um, and particularly in the periphery, you know, we, we, we create um, really a, an opportunity for people to move out of their economic strata to a very different one. Um, and the impact on the lives of individuals is, is astounding. Um, I've sat with, you know, in an Arab, small Arab village with a group of 15 women that were studying for their degree in the Open University, um, who said, look, my husband would never let me commute to Tel Aviv, uh, never believed I should do anything, but I always believed I had, you know, I had the potential, I had the, the brain, I had the motivation, and so I got my friends together, one of the campuses is close to our village, and we now all together, we all got a bachelor's degree. And it's, I'm so incredibly proud and the signal that that sends to, to me, my friends, my family, my kids of what you know, I as an Arab Israeli woman can achieve and where I'm going is, is, an, is enormous. And it's, it's really, it's really those, there's those, so many of those kind of heartwarming stories um, of uh, changing people's lives. Um, so it's in many ways, I see it as a Zionist mission. I think this university is hugely important in the future of Israel. And that's why I, you know, I'm on a volunteer basis. I, I, I do this because I believe this has huge impact on the future of the state of Israel. Well, thank you very much, Iran. Thank you. My pleasure. Very, very interesting. Uh, a very interesting and the best kept secret in Israel. So thank you so much for this interview. My pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Dear listeners, we invite you to support our life-changing mission to further the goals of the Open University of Israel, a pioneer and cutting-edge leader in distance learning, dedicated to educating all those who would otherwise be denied a university education. Please find the donate link inside the episode description. Thank you.